Hello and welcome to the Fat Loss and Complicated podcast. This is episode 10. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, we've had double digits. Shit. Yeah. What's that really interesting podcast stat that I always think about? It's something like 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode 10. And of that 90%, 10% of those don't make it past episode 20 or something like that. So if you make 21 podcasts, you're automatically in the top 1% of podcasters. Right, let's do it. Here we go, 20. Let's get to 21. Um, Anyway, we are going to discuss today misleading fitness things that we hear. I've still not figured out how to name that properly, but in fitness, we hear a lot of things that are sometimes a little bit true, sometimes completely not, but always very misleading for the people that want to use that information. So the aim of today's podcast is to chuck them all out on the table, explain why they are misleading, and then point you in the right direction. Yeah. We've and I forgot to say, we're here with the amazing Grace as well. Hello. How's things with you? Good, busy. Busy, busy, busy. For sure, that's how we like it. It is. How, just... Did you say you're going to the dentist today? Yeah, I've been to the dentist. Got to get the teeth good. You know, my mum's fanatical. True, true. She's made us all fanatical. Really? Weird. Yeah, yeah, she... Because my granny lost all her teeth when she was, like, 20. She had, 20? Like, yeah, <laughs> Fucking hell, what was she doing? No, no. Well, she... she I mean, she died when she was 83. But she had something wrong with her heart, and it actually affected her teeth. And she had to have all her teeth taken out. So my, my granny had dentures from when she was, like, 21. And I think it gave my mum a pure Holy complex shit. about her teeth. So she, we're, like, you know, <laughs> we're at the dentist all the time. <laughs> Anyway, what, which one shall we start with today? Oh, I, I gotta start with my favourite as a woman. If you lift Go weights, on. you're gonna get bulky. You're gonna look like a man. I mean, if we, Dave, if me and you had a pound for every time we heard that, we would be retired many years ago. You know, it's <laughs> like, my goodness, like, where's this bulkiness? What is bulk? You're You're building some muscle. You're not walking around like, Arnie lifting two TVs. You know, you're if you're a woman and you're doing some resistance work, you are going to get leaner and you're going to build some muscle. You will look so much better in the night of your clothes if you're doing resistance work. You will not end up looking like a fridge. You know, that's <laughs> one of the biggest myths around women training. That, oh, girls, you know, head over to the cardio corner, get yourselves on the treadmill. Fuck off. Like, the best thing that you can do as a woman is literally use some resistance when you're training. I, I think this is really misleading as well because it it leads a lot of women to do workouts that they believe will tone their muscle. <laughs> and they end up doing just, like, endless hit workouts or just lifting pathetic weights and then lifting those same pathetic weights week after week, month after month with absolutely zero progressive overload. And then people sort of wonder, why am I why am I lifting weights and I'm not actually getting anywhere? I'm not looking toned or anything. And it's you regardless of what you're doing in terms of lifting weights, the style that you're lifting them, you've got to have an element of progressive overload or you are not gonna grow more muscle. You've got to progress in some way shape or form and like we said on the last podcast it doesn't have to be just increasing the weights Mm -hmm. it can be increasing the reps decreasing the rest time increasing the frequency changing the tempo of the lift but you've got to progress or you will not grow muscle and trust me ladies it's not going to happen quickly like nobody woke up and accidentally looked fucking massive and bulky it just doesn't happen quickly women respond and guys respond so well to strength training but this whole thing women you're going to get bulky if you lift no you're going to look how you really want to look if you lift you're just going to end up you know the same shape as yourself but slightly lighter if you're just doing cardio you know a bit of a puddle of yourself you know that's that's the real you know you're just going to be a lighter puddle you'll have no shape 
you know. Atlanta, no. <laughs> <laughs> who really? Who? What woman ever goes, guys, and want to become a puddle? You know, like none. So you know, <laughs> step away from the cardio section, you know, and lift some weights. You won't look like Arnie. You know, you know, it's, True. I don't, I'm lifting ten years. I don't look like Arnie. Uh, you know, and I'm lifting pretty heavy. So, you know, lift the weights and get the body shape that you want, you know, and don't don't be a puddle. It's my main thing for today. Yeah, don't be a puddle. <laughs> um, next misconception or misleading thing we hear in fitness. Let's go with this. I like this one. A calorie is the calorie. So this this went really big because I think there was probably a phase within fitness where it was just all about if it fits your macros and this obviously stemmed from the bodybuilding community where back in the day bodybuilders literally used to diet on five or ten foods like they would eat chicken tuna sweet potato rice but you could count the foods that they ate on two hands and the idea came from well someone would say could i instead of eating chicken eat salmon or tuna and they would say yes as long as it fits your macros you can swap this out over the years this has blown up and people have taken it a lot further than just 10 food groups they've just thought of the idea that as long as it's within my macros you can basically eat whatever the fuck you want which is not true we bang on a lot about calories and we bang on a lot about protein but we know that the actual quality of the food matters just as much as the calories that you're eating. So I would start this one off by saying a calorie is a calorie in the sense that a calorie is just a unit of measurement for energy, just like a kilometer is a unit of measurement for distance, right? And although the weight loss equation does come down to calories in versus calories out, calories can affect your body in so many different ways in terms of digestibility, how easily a certain food is digested, in terms of the hormonal effects that that food will have on you, in terms of the micronutrient content, in terms of how much that food fills you up, satiety, in terms of the blood sugar response to certain foods. And I know the fucking Zoe diet's been going absolutely rounds these days. So we'll get onto that one a little bit later, but the blood sugar response and insulin response to different foods will differ. And we all burn a certain amount of the calories that, that we get from foods just through digesting them. So, and that we call that the thermic effect of food. And basically when I put it out there, we want people to eat more protein and this is one of the reasons why because 25 to 30% of the calories you consume from protein will be already burnt off just through digesting that protein source. Whereas when it comes to carbs, the thermic effect of food is only 6 to 8%. So you'll burn 6 to 8% of those calories just through digesting it. And with fats, it's 2 to 3%. So when we look at the comparison between fats and protein, two to three percent of that cut, those calories you get from fats will be burnt off. Twenty-five to thirty percent of the calories you consume from protein will be burnt off without you even thinking about it. This is one of the main reasons why we want a, a higher protein diet, among other main reasons. But calories massively affect your body in different ways. A calorie is a calorie in the sense that it's a unit of measurement but that doesn't mean that you can just eat whatever you want because a calorie is a calorie yeah i think i always like to think of this as like if you had two people on say 2000 calories one of them ate apples for those 2000 i mean that that would be fucking awful but the other person ate 2000 calories of mars bars which would also be fucking awful which one is that <laughs> Which one's going to have a slightly better body composition than the other? Like, it's not going to be the Mars bar person. You know, so calories are not are are not just as succinct as a calorie is a calorie, but it does come from bodybuilding. It does all, all come from if it fits your macros, for sure. Um, a lot of bad shit comes from bodybuilding, doesn't it, really? Uh, body image, <laughs> you know, yeah, a lot of it. You know, uh, it's, there. there's 
bodybuilding has its own little kind of it's like its own little bubble but there's a lot of things that come from that bodybuilding community because it's so popular that filter into the mainstream and you know bodybuilding is great as in it's really got women into strength training but you know there's definitely some some drawbacks to it um one of my other favorite kind of diet myths is you're gonna know this one as well is sweat is a sign of a good workout or a sign that you're burning fat so <clears throat> sweat well it comes to I, I remember sweat is fat melting away that yeah. was the old saying isn't it <laughs> yeah you know it's that's been going which is, get, is completely not true yeah you get t-shirts like sweat you know sweat is fat crying you know and all those kind of things that have been going <laughs> here's jesus you know so sweat sweat is nothing other than that's your body's response to to heat you know you're training yeah you're, you know you're you're lifting you're exerting energy that's your body's physical response to your body temperature going up and that's its way of cooling you down and kind of keeping your temperature in check it does not mean that you're you know it's a sign of a good workout you know and it's not fat crying um you know uh, if you're crying at the end of the workout it's probably been a hard workout but it doesn't mean that that's fat <laughs> crying okay um i i don't i i sweat a lot when i'm on the bike but if i'm lifting i don't really sweat a lot if i'm in the gym does that mean that i'm not training hard like what utter bullshit you know like i will give her no. a dick you know when i'm in the gym but yeah i don't sweat a lot so it's not the sign of a good workout and it's not you burning fat it's your body's response to the exertion and this massively depends on your environment as well like if if sweat had any relation to burning body fat me just living in barcelona being yeah. a constant <laughs> sweaty bastard throughout the summer would would leave me looking fucking shredded but i come back to the uk and i barely sweat anything like i just don't like i'm freezing all the time and i don't really sweat within my i will only sweat in the gym if i do like 20 minutes plus on a stairmaster Same. but actually lifting weights i just don't sweat i i just don't and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's got no reflection whatsoever on a good workout and while we're on this subject doms is a sign of a good workout i think this is very misleading as well yeah. because people go in the gym and presume because they are sore it's been a brilliant workout and then they also make the presumption that if i'm not sore the workout hasn't hit the spot so to speak so let's just clear the air with this one as well. DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness, if I'm correct. I haven't said that in a while, DOMS. Yeah, delayed onset muscle soreness. And basically, you get DOMS from various different things. But one of the main things you receive DOMS from is a new stimulus to your body. So if you start exercising and you haven't exercised you will receive more DOMS than usual, but you'll be sore as fuck, essentially. If you start doing new exercises that you've never done before, you will get muscle soreness because it's your body's reaction to a new stimulus. But that's not just what it is, right? You will get more muscle soreness when you focus more on the negative portion of a movement. When we think of lifting a weight, you've got a positive and a negative part of that rep. So lifting a weight up is the positive side. Lowering a weight down where your muscle lengthens is what we would call the negative part of the movement. When you put extra stress on the negative muscle lengthening side of a movement, that's where you will see more muscle soreness. But that does not correlate to muscle growth or an effective workout. The things that have notably got the most doms attached to them the most muscle soreness you could probably get is if you were to run a marathon downhill non-stop because that is constant muscle lengthening and people who run marathons will know you can sometimes be sore for up to a week after a marathon where you're literally like incapable of getting up and down the stairs Marathons are not known for muscle building. So let's just look at that right there and put some logic into it and say, just because you are sore from something doesn't mean you are going to grow muscle from something. Also, it doesn't mean you have an effective workout. 
sometimes you can just chuck weights around like a dickhead and you can feel sore afterwards but it doesn't mean that you've progressed in any way shape or form yeah i think people think oh i need to sweat for it to be a good workout i.e need to do like tons of cardio or i need to be sore and if i'm not sweating and i'm not sore i haven't had a good workout it pretty much means that most people that know what they're doing in the gym aren't doing a good workout if that's the case you know so it's they're two massive myths to kind of like say goodbye to um let's go into hit workouts so people say you should do hit workouts because you won't just burn calories while you're doing the exercise you'll burn calories all day after a hit workout through something called epoch excess post oxygen consumption um and there's this fuck i don't know if you've seen this chalk training all over facebook you have yeah. seen the advertisements everywhere chalk this 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 guy Amer- i think he's american really fucking annoying anyway um and he, one of his videos goes deep into this like you need to be lifting weights because you'll burn calories all day every day after your exercise right let's just chuck this one on the table and i'll i'll say the myth right there and then epoch is literally about as useful as a fucking fart in a jacuzzi. It is such a small, minute amount of calories. If you burn, the rate that you will burn with Epoch is about 6 to 15% of the calories you burn from that exercise. So if you burn sort of 300 calories doing an actual bout of exercise, you might burn an extra 18 to 42 calories from Epoch after that out the day which 18 to 42 calories is fuck all it's It's absolutely nothing exactly exactly (laughs) i probably catch eight to 42 calories from flies going in my mouth when i'm fucking sleeping it's fucking nothing so this idea that doing hit workouts you'll burn calories for the rest of the day one the amount of calories you actually burn after exercise is very, very minimal. And this has been researched and studies. It's not a lot. Um, and you get this excess post-oxygen consumption from any exercise that is intense. Think of it like after you've done a long car journey, the engine stays warm in the car even after you've switched it off. That's kind of like what excess post-oxygen consumption is like. You continue burning calories even after you've stopped the exercise because your body's still sort of cooling itself down, still sort of getting over some of these processes that it's been through. That's what it is essentially, but it's not something that you need to be thinking about at all. No. Uh, The next one I hear all the time is you can't eat after 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., because if you do, you're going to put on weight. You know, so if you're a shift worker and you have to work at odd times, you know, you're just going to not eat after 7pm. You know, so like this, this whole myth, you know, your calories stop at 6 o'clock or 7pm. And if you have any more after that, that's it. You're fucked. You fucked your diet right up. It doesn't matter what time you eat. It matters about your weekly average of calories. The only reason to potentially, you know, try and avoid a lot of like late night food or meals or snacks is because you physically just don't move as much later at night. So your digestion takes a bit longer. And obviously late night snacking done over and over and over again. Yes, that can lead to weight gain. But calories don't stop at a certain time. You know, they're not suddenly resetting. You've got, you're looking at it from a weekly average, whether you eat, you know, whether your dinner time is half five or half nine, depending on your work or your lifestyle, it doesn't matter. It matters about your calories over the day and then over the week. There is no sort of like, you know, your body doesn't go, fuck at seven o'clock. I should have had my dinner at 6.59. I've fucked right up here. You know, like that's just not how calorie intake works. And you, I must have heard that a thousand times. Yeah. This this one goes back a long, long time, but I think it's probably stemmed from when people stop eating in the evening, that is probably where they overconsume a lot of the shit food for the day. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people will potentially eat quite well throughout the day and then mass consume a big portion of their calories from sort of 6 p.m. onwards. And then some smart ass has thought, 
you should stop eating past 6 p.m. and you'll get results, which might misleadingly, it probably is true. You might probably lose weight if you stopped eating from 6 p.m. onwards. But that doesn't mean that eating from 6 p.m. onwards is the downfall. It means that that's just where you're over consuming calories and that's what you should probably try and not do. Yeah, that's it. If you find that, you know, you're having dinner and then you're snacking, yes all the time you know every day that's going to have an impact but it's coming from your habits it's not the fact that calories have reset or cut off at a certain time it's literally because you're over consuming later in the day the same would be true if you're eating like an asshole all morning you know should you not start eating then from 12 or one o'clock it's about your daily weekly average it's not that there's some kind of magic time to lose weight in yeah um next one Let's go with, I'm going to link two together here because the both, I can explain both of them fairly equally. You'll burn more body fat doing fasted cardio and you'll burn more body fat in the fat burning zone. So these two, we'll, we'll clump them together because they're the same level of bullshit. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to fat burning and fat loss, the first thing to understand is they're different things. When you are burning fat, that just means that's the fuel source that you are using at that specific time. When you wake up and you are fasted, you're more likely to use body fat for fuel because you haven't eaten. Whether you use body fat for fuel or you use carbs for fuel also doesn't just depend on whether you're fasted or not, but it also depends on the intensity of the movement that you are doing. So when you are doing slow movement, like walking on a treadmill, you will use body fat for that level of intensity because that's just what it's more suited for. Whereas if you were to increase that to sprinting or lifting weights, you're more likely to use carbohydrates to fuel that type of exercise. So when people thought walking on the treadmill at a certain slow pace is the best thing to do for cardio because you're burning more body fat, very misleading because it's true you are burning body fat while you're on that treadmill but that doesn't have any sort of reflection on whether you will lose body fat during that day because whether you lose body fat during that day depends on the balance of the energy not just what fuel source you are using at a specific time of day so we'll yeah. box those two off. Any others? A big one that come, I suppose, it would come from the bullshit that is slimming world, but um, low fat. When you're looking to lose weight, you're going to see women and guys that go straight into Tesco's or wherever, whatever supermarket and go, right, I'll get low fat. I'll get diet. I'll get light. I'll get low fat. And they're like, okay, this stuff is going to be good. But what you're going to find with a lot of this low fat diet uh, you know, um, light stuff is that it actually contains way more sugar, way more salt than the just the normal foods. So they'll get, you know, I'll get low fat cheese. I'll get my favorite is Greek style yogurt. It's Greek style. It's not Greek yogurt. You know, it, it has a ton <laughs> of sugar. It's got loads of sugar to make it taste nice, but because it says Greek. Pure Greek yogurt is good for you. It's got loads of protein. Very, very good macro balance. Greek style is just bullshit. It's just there to taste nice with tons of sugar. You know, and even I used to eat a big pot of Greek style yogurt, and then I looked at the back, and it had like sixty plus grams of sugar in it. It's <laughs> fucking mental. Like I remember my mom. You know, when I was a kid, going and buying Greek style, and now I kind of look at. It, I'm like, Mom, why did you do that? It's crap. <laughs> You know, people just don't know, you know, you, you're sitting buying Greek style, you know, or like Muller lights. Fuck me. Look at the sugar in the back of a Muller light. You, your eyes will pop out your head. Um, but Slim and World says they're, they're just worthless as well, because a lot of them have zero protein zero as protein. well, do they? High carbs, loads of sugar. But yeah, Slim and World's like, yeah, work away, guys. Have fucking 20 Muller lights a day. Great. They're free. You know, okay, go ahead and eat 20 Muller lights a day and see how you get on. Um, go for the actual proper real version. It's like margarine versus butter. You know, margarine's actually the closest thing to plastic that we as humans eat. It actually comes out the factory black. Did anybody know that? Comes out. I didn't. Yeah, margarine comes out the factory black. They've tested it. It's the closest thing to plastic that is edible in the entire world. That's fucked up. 
So instead yeah. of buying margarine, just go for butter. Tastes great. It, what it, I would say as well is instead of just looking for low fat options of things, look for high protein things. Yeah. Because I would much rather you think about adding more protein into your diet than taking anything out of it. So instead of thinking, right, I need to look for low fat, I need to look for low carb, low sugar, just look for higher protein things to add into your diet. And yeah. be wary that when you are looking in a shop and you see a fucking Trek bar that says high in protein, actually look on the back and check how much protein is in it. Because there's a lot of shit you will see in a supermarket that claims to be high protein when it's really fucking not. Yeah. So a good sort of little guidance that I would go off, especially when you're picking up little bars and stuff. If you pick up a 200 calorie Trek bar and it's only got nine grams of protein in it, that is nowhere near good enough. If you're any, any 200, 200 odd calorie bar, you'd expect to get about 20 grams of protein in it if it's genuinely high protein. Like protein yogurts, what, 150 odd calories, 20 grams of protein. That's the sort of ratio that you should be looking for. If you're using 300 calories on a snack or a bar and it claims to be high protein and you're getting under 10 grams of protein from it, that's not high protein. It's just they've written high protein on the front of the fucking bar. Yeah, <laughs> just bear that in mind. It's like all these cereals that are right now, you know, like Fuel and all these tons of other ones, like they're like protein cereal. And when you look on the back, the protein is mm, mediocre at best, but it's a fucking shit ton of sugar. Yeah. You know, so it's like mm. be wary. Like, you, I, I can't remember who it was, but years ago there was a... Oh, I'll have to find out who it was, but there's a really well-known dietitian, and he got asked about this very question. What do you think about the whole low-fat, that kind of light, low-calorie stuff? And he was like, guys, if you see low, low-fat wrote on something in the supermarket, just think it is, he says, it's a digestion shitstorm, is what he used to call it. Uh, and it's true. It's like it's an absolute shitstorm for your body. It's full of e numbers. It's full of excess stuff you don't even know where it's come from. It's full of sugar. Just go for the highest protein normal food alternative. Mm. Agreed. Let's move on to toning workouts. Oh, fuck. Um, we covered well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just first of all say. I say the word toning and I say this to be relatable to who I'm speaking to because I don't want to speak like Mr. Science Guy and then people listen to me and think I've got no clue what this, this dickhead's talking about. So when I say tone, you want to look toned, you can look toned, but in terms of an actual toning workout, that just doesn't fucking exist. Muscle can either grow or reduce or maintain its size. You cannot tone a muscle. And there's definitely not certain exercises that you can do to look more toned compared to grow big and bulky. These, these two different avenues that people tend to go down when they think about lifting weights. I want to lift weights to look toned. I want to lift weights to look bulky. There's no fucking difference. <laughs> you lift weights. Whether you become toned or bulky will massively be, term be determined by are you eating a fuck ton of calories when you are lifting the weights? Because if you're eating a fuck ton of calories and lifting weights, you might get slightly more bulkier because you'll gain a lot of body fat with the muscle and you'll get hashtag bulky. If you want to be toned, you will lift the weights in the exact same way that the elite bodybuilder does. But if you're a small petite female and you don't gain much body fat with the muscle, you'll look you'll look toned. Like there's no difference in the process. If you're eating a fuck ton of calories and a big calorie surplus and you're lifting weights, you're gonna gain body fat with the muscle that you build, and over time you'll probably look more bulky. But neither of them happen quickly. That's yeah. another vital point. Yeah, I fucking hate the word toned. Toning. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, I get why a lot of people say, oh, I want to look toned, I want to be toned. You either have muscle or you don't. You've got fat or muscle. You, there's no toning, either of those. Yeah. You pick pick your poison. 
Well, I used to point blank, just refuse to say it, but I I say it now because a lot of women want to look that way, and I know yeah. exactly what that way is like. And I know when people say I want to look toned, I know what you mean. Yeah. But you can't qualify a workout as a toning workout. That's no. just no. 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 I, I think like it's it's good to kind of be able to relate and say, look, I know that you. This is how you want to look, but I think it's good to kind of dispel dispel the myth of toning workouts there's no such thing that kind of leads on to spot reduce spot fat reduce or certain movements will help you lose body fat like oh if i do a thousand sit-ups a day i'm gonna have a six-pack you know no i still think people believe this on a really deep level yeah people still believe like if i do my spin classes i'll lose this body fat on my legs if I need to do more core work because I've got this stubborn belly fat. People really are deeply ingrained in this in this spot reduction myth. And it does take a long time to get yourself out of it. It really does, because it's it's so ingrained into diet culture that you should exercise this area if you want to lose body fat on this area. And it's just complete bullshit. I was going to say as well, the actual routine behind losing body fat in different areas is it will just come off in stages from least stubborn to most stubborn. And that will differ between male and females. So for women, the most stubborn areas tend to be around sort of like the hips and thighs. For men, it's all around that sort of belly area. That's where you see the stubborn areas for male and females. A lot of women as well have a stubborn area on the back of their arms. And you will see this change in women that go through menopause as well. If you go through the menopause, you will notice that your body, your body fat storage switches from a more female fat pattern to a more male fat pattern. And you see women that go through menopause and end up with zero body fat on the legs, but they just carry it all around the midsection now. So that will happen. But yeah, that's um, that's another podcast for a different day. When uh, How is your menopause coaching going, by the way? I thought you were going to say, how's your menopause going? It's like, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it can hit you at 40 now. I know, I know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm doing a menopause course with uh, from Jenny Burrell, and it's very good. I was saying the day of, like, the first module is, like, 12 hours long. So, you know, ladies, if you're with us, you're going to know, uh, you're going to have a, a very uh, knowledgeable menopause coach, I'd say probably by January when I finished it. So, yeah, I don't want to have the menopause for quite a while, thanks, Dave. Uh, but the course is going, it's going <laughs> to go well. Um, one of the last ones I thought of was there's certain foods to help you burn fat or lose fat. So do you remember the whole thing about mm. superfoods? Oh, I've got to eat my goji berries. It's going to help me. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So mm. yeah, it's there there's there's there are no there are no superfoods. There are no superfoods and there's no food that you're gonna eat which magic magically melts fat. You know, um there there's no sort of like here take take one of these a day in terms of let's have six goji berries a day, you know, or let's eat, you know, there used to be a thing about celery that if you ate a lot of celery, you burn calories from chewing. I mean, I wouldn't like to see the toilet if you're eating that much celery per day. Um, but there, there's no, there's no such thing as certain foods will help you burn fat. You know, same as if there's no fat burning workouts. There's no such thing as a fat burning workout. You know, your ability to lose fat is going to come from being in a calorie deficit. Don't eat goji berries thinking you're going to lose fat by eating goji berries or apple cider vinegar, you know, or, you know, lemon and in, in water in the morning is going to help, you know, detox you and help you lose weight. Uh, it's just going to ruin your teeth. I think that in, in the sense that certain foods can have a lot of good stuff in them, yeah. you could say, oh, well, this is superfood because it's really like it's got a brilliant micronutrient profile, like fair enough. But a food that's actually going to a fat loss food just doesn't exist. Yeah. Let's cover um, muscle confusion. <laughs> Oh jeez. <laughs> this um this this one's another another long term misleading thing that <laughs> well I used to take the piss out of this one so so much when I was younger. But the idea that 
if you're not sort of making process progress in the gym, it's because you're not confusing your muscles enough. You're not mixing it up enough. It's just utter fucking nonsense. Like the people that aren't making progress in the gym are the people that are not progressively overloading the lifts. Let's be honest, like the people who have grown muscle throughout the lifetime, we're all doing the same 15 movements like that's that's it like we're all lunging we're all deadlifting in some form we're all doing some sort of squat or leg press like we could narrow it down to like 15 different movements you can't just consistently think i need to keep confusing my body it's just not true you just need to progress in the lifts that you are doing it's nothing to do with fucking oh, I might plan to do legs today and then as soon as I get in the gym, I'm going to fucking randomly do some bicep girls and confuse my biceps and then they'll grow more. No, no. <laughs> yeah, your muscles are not sitting there going, oh, fuck, I can't believe I'm not doing legs today or I can't believe you're giving me a new a new, a new, new exercise. I'm so confused. Like, it's literally not how the human body works. Um, any others? Well, I've got one here that somebody put in my question box saying, if I'm consuming 2000 calories, I need to try burn 2500. And I think people are very misled by this because they think they physically need to burn that 2500 calories through their movement that day. And what people don't understand is, 70% of the calories you burn in a day, they're done without you fucking doing a thing. Like, that's when you're asleep. That's when you're just sat down doing nothing. Like, your basal metabolic rate, which is just your the, the calories that your body burns at rest, that is a, that's 70% of the calories you burn in a day. Like, that's what people are missing when they think about, oh, I need to burn 2,500. If I'm eating 2,000, I need to burn 2,500 to create this 500 calorie deficit. You don't physically have to go out and do 2,500 calories worth of exercise that day. That's not the case at all. No. Uh, another one I kind of thought of, because, well, this might not be quite as popular, but still with the teas and stuff as like detox diets and that you need to detox your mm. body. You know, like... <sighs> You're, you do not need to reboot your body. Reboot is something that you do to a laptop. You know, your body does not need rebooted. If you have a functioning liver, or sorry, if you have functioning kidneys, your body is detoxing itself every day. You do not need to detox it, you know. Unless you're drinking bleach, why would you need to detox? And don't drink bleach, kids. But you do not need to detox your body. You know, just... Just you living and breathing and having functioning kidneys is you detoxing yourself every single day. You know, this whole thing of lemon water and apple cider vinegar, and those are absolute myths. The body doesn't need detoxed. You know, cave men were not walking around going, where's my lemons? Need to put them in some water. You know, like they just existed. The body detoxes itself. Yeah, and I think this one closely links in with the idea of fucking kickstarting your metabolism. Like, how do I kickstart? I've been asked this question so many times. How do I kickstart my metabolism? Like, you don't need to fucking kickstart anything. It's not a fucking dirt bike. When you eat food, your metabolism upregulates. When you move about, your metabolism upregulates. These are just normal bodily processes and it's not something that you need to think about at all. You don't need to kickstart it. You don't need to fucking boost your metabolism. Just worry about the things that you can fucking control. Don't worry about your metabolism. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you hear your people go, oh, I've got a slow metabolism. I'm like, have you been scientifically tested for that? Like, the, you, you can't, you can't say if you've got a slow or a fast metabolism. Your metabolism—that's a lot of people excuse though. Yeah, it is, and to be fair, that is—you will hear that from a lot of people going, "Oh, I can't lose weight. I've got a slow metabolism." You know, um, 
there are some there as we talked about there are some genes that people have which that can lead to you naturally being more inclined to being overweight we talked about this in another podcast but in terms of your metabolism you can have a fast metabolism and a slow metabolism you know you, one one person doesn't have a skoda another person has a ferrari your metabolism is inbuilt a bit like your circadian rhythm you can't decide i'm gonna kickstart it i'm gonna fat i'm gonna speed it up it's just not it's physically not possible scientifically not possible and the bigger you are, the faster your metabolism actually is, <laughs> because if you're a if you're a heavier person, you burn more calories. Your metabolism is quicker, is faster if you are a heavier person. So this idea that like skinny people must just have fast metabolisms and and fat people must must have slow metabolisms is just nonsense. Let's move on to another one. Let's do. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. What's your thoughts on this, Grace? Uh, not true. Um, the only the only reason why breakfast can be important and not the most important, but breakfast can be important because a lot of people tend to skip breakfast when they want to lose weight. Then what happens is they get hungrier and hungrier as the day goes on, and then they eat like an absolute demon by the time dinner time comes. So. If you know that that's the pattern you've got into, which is kind of more disordered eating, would eating breakfast actually help you? Yes, it would. So if you eat breakfast, and especially if you try and get some protein into bre- into your breakfast time, that'll put some food in your stomach. It'll help fill you up a little bit. You're not going to be as hungry by the time lunch comes, by the time dinner comes. You're not going to be having, you know, all the pies by the time the evening time comes. One meal of the day is not more important than any other. Lunch is not more important than dinner. Dinner is not more important than breakfast. You know, it, it's all about finding what kind of way, what kind of pattern of eating works for you. You know, if you're someone that tends yeah. to not be hungry in the morning, cool, you don't have to eat breakfast. You're suddenly not going to not lose weight. The main thing is that you're getting a decent amount of protein in during your day and you're within your fat loss calories on the whole over the week. But breakfast is not king or queen. You know, it's the same. It has the same importance as the other meals. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And I think whether you eat breakfast or not is something completely individual to you. There's no right or wrong answer to this. Some people will find that I don't feel hungry at breakfast and I can eat a fairly early lunch and it just helps me balance my calories out for the day. Some people need to eat breakfast or they just feel like shit and they've got no energy completely individual um let's turn let's turn into the zoe diet because so many people have put question but put this in a question box for me over time Um, and well yeah i think it's got a couple of celebs on board now hasn't it um which are just advertising the fuck out of it but in my eyes people are taking this glucose monitoring and manipulation to a bit of an extreme Unless you are diabetic, it's just not something that you need to worry about. Like if you're eating a healthy diet, your blood glucose is just not something that will matter to anybody. And I think in some senses, hyper-focusing on this one individual blood marker, it's having a consequence because it's making people carb-phobic. It's making people worried about eating fucking fruit because of the spike that it'll have in the glucose. And does that mean eating fruit is bad? No. The glucose spike after a meal has no relation to sort of good or bad. It's just what happens after certain foods. And there will be certain foods that spike your blood sugar more. There will be certain foods that spike it less. It doesn't correlate with fat loss. It doesn't correlate with health. Unless you are diabetic, then it kind of does correlate with health because it's something you need to worry about. But other than that, I feel like diets like this are causing a lot of collateral damage because people are hyper-focusing on one blood marker and somewhere in the background, over the course of six months, they're realising, oh, I'm, I'm really actually a bit scared about eating oatmeal now. I'm really scared about eating white bread and I, I, over the time, I've become a little bit carb-phobic. And these are pretty subjects to talk about, but it is a collateral damage effect of what's happening by people hyper-focusing on one 
fucking measurement of glucose after a meal, which is just not important. Yeah. And I think it's it's people looking for a reason why they're overweight and going, it has to be this. You know, when actually it's yeah. far more simple than glucose. You know, it's much more yeah. simple than that. And they're they're wanting to latch onto something to go, that's the reason why. When you add in a lot of money spent behind the marketing and add in celebrities that are saying, Oh, this is fucking brilliant, you know, go, I I'm this is brilliant. I I've done this and I've done that. People buy into it. But, you know, glucose, unless you're diabetic, it's it's not something that ever like I lost 160 pounds. I didn't think about glucose once. Okay. <laughs> Made no fucking difference what my glucose level was. Okay. What did make the difference was I moved some more, did some resistance training. I actually tracked what I was eating. Um, and I made sure that overall I was in a, a calorie deficit. I didn't spend the full year going, oh, fuck me, I must monitor my glucose levels. That's going to make a lot of difference, Grace. You know, made no fucking difference whatsoever. It's not something that 99.9% of the population need to even think about. You know, it's clever marketing, yeah. guys. It's literally clever marketing. And it is, it is true that a lot of people will invest a big amount of money into doing this. And they will, because of that, eat healthier and commit to doing a healthier lifestyle change. And they will get results because they've invested into something and they therefore eat healthier and they probably will like people are lying. And I'm not saying that people that do this Zoe diet are bound to fucking never get any great results because they will, but it's not because of the fact that they're monitoring their glucose. It's because they're eating a healthier diet. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. it's just packaged up in a way that makes it sound scientific and makes it sound new and fancy when really you're just eating a healthier diet. That's all that it makes people do. Yeah. Um, I've got one more that I wanted to finish on as well. This idea, this mis um, this this misleading idea that if you create a 500 calorie deficit each day, you're bound to lose a pound of fat each week. So if I burn two two thousand calories today each day, and I eat one thousand five hundred, that automatically means I will lose one pound of fat every week. Therefore, in the future, after six weeks, I'll be six pound down. After twelve weeks, I'll be twelve pounds down. That is just not the case, unfortunately. This this one makes sense in theory, but it makes a huge presumption that all the other variables that go into calorie expenditure all stay the same. But that is just not the case. Intake and expenditure of your calories are, it's like a dynamic equation. It forever moves and they sort of intertwine with each other. So if you were to put yourself in this 500 calorie deficit, in theory, if nothing else changed, you would lose 3,500 calories that week and 3,500 calories equates to a pound of body fat. That does make sense in theory, but the truth is when you put yourself in that deficit, you might start to weigh slightly less. And because you weigh less, you burn less calories. A lighter person burns less calories. And also when you put yourself in that deficit, your thermic effect of food will go down because you're eating less. And also when people tend to eat less calories, then non-exercise thermogenesis tends to go down as well. They tend to move less. They tend to fidget less. So you burn less calories through non-exercise movement and you burn less calories through your actual exercise as well because the lighter you are, the less calories you burn through exercise. So just because you reduce your calories by 500, you can't presume that the expenditure stays the exact same because that's just not how intake and expenditure works. When you alter one side of the scale, everything on the other side starts to change a little bit as well. So it's not as simple as if I take 3,500 calories out of my diet for a week, I'll lose one pound of body fat. That's just not how it works. No, and I think you forget as well about lifestyle factors. Like if you're if you sleep less, you burn calories at sleep. So if you're an insomniac or you've got poor sleep, you're literally burning less calories. 
you're also more prone to then eat carbohydrates, sugar the next day. So your 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 nutrition probably isn't as good. Stress, cortisol impedes weight loss. You know, so there there's a lot of life hormones for women: menstrual cycle, perimenopausal. You know, there's a higher chance of you having the hunger core hormone ghrelin, which is obviously going to make you more hungry. So it's gonna it's gonna kind of mess around a little bit with your nutrition choices, and then your estrogen levels can go up and down with your menstrual cycle. Again, hormones play a big part. Women with PCOS, you know, again, their hormones play a part in weight loss. So just saying an arbitrary number, I'm gonna remove this so that I'll lose this amount of weight every single week. You negate the fact of all of your lifestyle factors. Like it's just like, oh, let's pretend that you're literally not living a life. You know, if you're a robot, if you're, you know, if you're like a, a, in, in this little box and you just live in that box, potentially, maybe you might be able to kind of say, right, I'll on the whole lose this amount. But it would be near enough impossible. The body does not work yeah. like that, you know, and you've got to remember all of your other lifestyle factors. That's in a perfect world, you know, if nothing else comes into play. But rare, we don't live in a perfect world. And, and you, you've got your lifestyle to think about as well. So it's a good place to aim for. Should you expect a pound a week? No. No, I think that's that's the truth of it, isn't it? If you want to create that 500 calorie deficit, that's the right thing to do. Like, that's great. But having the expectation that that must equal a pound a week of fat loss is just not going to happen. And more than likely, you're going to realize it doesn't happen and then give up. And that's why people start fucking dispelling calorie counting as a whole and saying it doesn't make sense, doesn't work. But in reality, there's just a lot more going on behind the scenes. When you tilt this one end of the equation and you intake less calories, a lot happens on this expenditure side as well that you're not seeing. You burn less calories through exercise. You burn less calories through non-exercise activity. You burn less calories through thermic effect of food and all the lifestyle factors that Grace has just mentioned there. There's so many different factors that can determine how much weight you actually lose. So it's very difficult to predict. But what you can do is, like I said earlier, focus on the things you can control, focus on the process and not be so outcome driven. And this is something that we want to teach to all our clients. Like you can only focus on the process of what you're doing. The more that you put your results and and hope into this certain outcome, and if that doesn't happen, it's just going to end up with you having a very stressful dieting process, and that's not what we want. Yeah, I think we've 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 done a lot of busting there of myths. Yes, we have. Let's um, let's call it because we've got through a fair amount there. Yeah. As always, guys, we are now on Spotify and apple so listen to us on whatever you like give us a five star rate and drop us a follow if you're listening on either of those and if you would like to coach with us drop us a message on instagram or fill out our coaching application form in my bio or you can head to our website and um and book a call with us through there as well fatlossuncomplicated.com is that the website grace that is yep yep nice right Thank you very much, Grace. Thank you all for listening and we will see you all next time. See you soon.